podcast. Coming to you from the Midwest Coast. I'm inside that miraculous establishment, the Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks Podcast, Studio B. This is the New Old School Podcast. I am your host, Don Allen. Tell somebody about the podcast. It's all free. And you know, you can download any of these free apps, any mobile device, Podbean, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, iTunes Store, Spotify. They're all free. Why, it's freer than all the tears in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Bengal tears. That's right. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. rigged. The NFL rigged it and the refs won the game. Oh boy, get the free apps. They're cheaper than all the Kleenexes Cincinnati had to buy this week. Boo-hoo. How is everybody doing today? We are in a series titled Not Guilty, Not Guilty. Oh, how guilt has become the new Holy Spirit in the modern church, my goodness. Used to try and bend people, manipulate people, get them to do what somebody else wants them to do. So much of it in today's modern church, and I find it just really disgusting. I think Jesus would too. And it would seem that uh, it's the new Holy Spirit now trying to teach people lead people through guilt. I thought that was Holy Spirit's job to teach and to guide and direct and to lead. Let's talk about it today. I see it and hear about it all the time, and I lived it for over two decades growing up in a faith-filled, non-denominational, tongue-talking type church, not just doctrines or denominational churches, using doctrines to try to bend people, but it's everywhere, and you know, I never really heard about righteousness much. That's what we're talking about in this series of podcasts, Righteousness, Not Guilty. No, we have, uh, we've heard the scriptures that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but did we really know what that meant? What does that do for me? No, what we heard all the time was submission to authority. Well, there is a real message there too, but that's not the one we got. It was always going to be wrapped in some form of guilt. Well, but what about righteousness? Is it important? Last time we were together, we saw Romans 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now, so this is a a right now timeless statement. Now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Do you believe that? Do you believe that today? Well, listen, this is, uh, I tell you, it's an amazing scripture. No condemnation. Verse 2 is the why. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Told you last time that we were together, we'd be saying some things. So I want you to say it with me. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I would say it would probably do you good to continue to say that all throughout the week, wouldn't it? It's something that we have got to get down uh, in. It's from an academic faith of, I I know that's what the scripture says, 
but you really got to get that down into a, a real faith in your hearts where you receive that as the truth about yourselves and others too. If we could uh, remember that when it comes to others, it would go a long way in helping us treat people right. So we started by talking about condemnation and being free from the law of sin and death, and and it's tied to having no condemnation. Verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Sin is real. It's not to be mocked or made light of. It's very serious business because the wages of sin is death. Now, the Bible says fools uh, make a mock of sin. Fools do. Someone with no understanding or clueless people. So we don't want to make light of sin or mock it. We're not fools. No, sin is such an unpopular word nowadays, isn't it? It's, it's politically incorrect, or, or maybe it's religiously incorrect. I don't know. Many churches don't use the S word anymore because it's too harsh. Might run people off. So now we just have problems or issues, but we don't have sin. Well, listen, sin is sin, and we're, we're going to talk about it because it's pretty serious, and uh, look what it took to get it dealt with. If sin isn't serious, then what Jesus did isn't serious, and that is the trick of the devil, trying to get us to make light of sin, thus making light of the sacrifice of Jesus. He's taken the most important event, and he's made it into something that's just a good story about some man in the Bible. So, you know, when we don't take sin serious, then we don't take the sacrifice serious. What did he do? Verse 3, for what the law could not do. It couldn't fix the sin problem, could it? Now, the law, it could show us and make it very clear what sin was, like the Ten Commandments, thou shall not, thou shall not. So I made it very clear that sin is wrong and it's bad, but there was no power in it to set you free from it. But God, because he loved us so much, sent his son to do what nothing else could do. And he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, just like us. Dealing with all of its temptations, he came on account of sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh because he became our sin. He became sin. The one that knew no sin became sin for us. Why? So that we could be made the righteousness of God. You could not and still cannot earn this. Listen, this is serious because this is something that is, there is a, there's a subculture in the church, this earning righteousness. Now, it's maybe not said out loud, but there is a subculture that is nurtured in the church that you got to get it together and do better so that God will do for you. Well, that's a lie. You'll never get it together. On your best day, you could do better. It's a lie. No, we're, we're not saying it's okay to sin. We're not giving people a license to sin. <laughs> they don't need one. They already have one. But you cannot earn something that's given. And God made the choice to do it. We have to stop with this in the church. Jesus came as the sacrifice and it was enough. He took care of sin, and he condemned it when he became sin with your sin. Don't make that part of the sacrifice a farce. We are right now made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when, so when you say, I am righteous, which most of you won't say it, but we will, when you say that, you aren't, you're not bragging, you, you aren't bragging on you or anything that you've done because you didn't become it through any efforts of your own. You were made righteous with his righteousness because he was made sin with your sin. 
I mean, was he really made sin with your sin? Well, then you really were made righteous with his righteousness. I need to really pound this into you. This is exciting. Christians don't know this, but we will. And this truth is going to make you free. It's going to make you free. Let's keep going in verse 4. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. If you could have kept all the law all the time, then you would have been righteous before God. But nobody could. Just Jesus. But what you and I could not obtain through efforts of our own, Jesus got and gave to us who did not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That phrase in verse one, the same thing, not walking after the flesh, but walking after the spirit has a big part to play. We cannot ignore that. But is it possible to live with zero condemnation, no sense of guilt or shame at all? Is it? And not just that, but is it necessary to live victorious and to live this faith-filled life and to see miracles and to have amazing things happen, you're gonna have to overcome guilt. You have to. Back up to verse two, you're gonna say it again with me. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Get it burned into your soul. Say it often. Memorize it, because the light of it will come to you. So if we go over to John 3, 16, anybody know this one? Now, let me say this here. I believe that every child ought to grow up knowing the Bible basics. I think we have a whole generation right now that doesn't know anything about Jonah and the whale, Daniel and the lion's den, the three Hebrew boys in the fire. They need to know this stuff. Those are pillars for children. Let them know these stories, because we have a miraculous God. But they need to know this part, too. John 3.16 needs to be a foundational pillar in their lives. I was raised with this idea that God was always out to get me. I didn't have light on this as a younger man. I was scared of God. And this is something that all should know. Well, we'll back up to verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up. We're in John 3.14. Now, you remember the story of the serpents biting the people in the Old Testament in Numbers? These people rebelled against God. They were murmuring. They were complaining. And so it's a big deal. It is because you can't do it in faith. And so serpents came in, and they came in because the people stepped outside of God's protection. They were in sin. No issues with snakes up till now. It opened the door for the destroyer. Your Bible says, neither give place to the devil. And God instructed Moses to make a brass serpent and lift that up. And anybody that looks upon that, and not at the snakes, but begins to look upon that, would live and be healed. And so it was. They fixed their gaze on the pole and they lived. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the son of man must be lifted up. What is that? It's a type and shadow of Jesus to come. How? Why a snake? Why not a dove on a pole? Something nicer. Well, it's because the cross, it's not a pretty place. I know people wear crosses and that's fine. But in their day, it'd be like wearing a little electric chair around our neck because it was a device for execution of the worst criminals. Lifted up, hung on that cross. Remember, as he hung there, it became dark. Why? Because of all the sin of mankind was laid upon him. And it didn't just, he didn't just sympathize with it. He became it. 
That's why the snake and the brass, the the hardness, the judgment in that snake, he became sin with our sin. He became that and he cried out, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because of all of our judgment from God came upon him in that very moment because he became your sin. So just like Moses lifted up that serpent on the pole, so must the son of man be lifted up. Why? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Just like they did not die from that snake bite, just like today those who would look upon him, uh, the one who was made sin with their sin and he hung on that cross, they will not die. Even though you have been sin stained and bit, but you won't die, but live and have eternal life. Keep your eyes on him, meaning keep your eyes off of the sin and the law of sin and death and look upon the answer, not the problem, because you've been made righteous. Do you believe on him today? Well, then you, you have to believe John three sixteen that you'll have everlasting life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He who believes on him is not condemned. Do you believe? Verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. So because of sin, there is coming a day of judgment and wrath where the guilty will be judged, they'll be punished. And this should be very sobering to us. But those that are in Christ Jesus, you don't have to fear that. You don't have to fear that. But on the other hand, I would hope that this would drive us to get others free as well so that they don't have to suffer the punishment of sin. Let's look because God is, in the, God is the righteous judge of the earth. Now, there are legal terms like condemn, meaning guilty. Justified means cleared of all charges. And on that day, it's going to be very important to know if I'm guilty or if I'm innocent. But let me say, it's not just waiting because it's very important for you to be able to walk like you should walk right now. But you'll have to know that I am right now. Am I guilty or am I innocent? Am I righteous right now? Do I have right standing with God right now? Revelation 20 and verse 11, then I saw a great white throne and he that sat upon it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. So how about this? And you need to, you need to think of this from a legal standpoint. The judge of the entire universe is your daddy. Now you think about that. He's a daddy that's absolutely madly in love with you. You are his favorite child, right? The judge is my father. And I'd done some things, but the judge is my father. And I saw, this is Revelation 20, 12 through 15, and I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up her dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So is it really important that your name is in the book of life? Remember the 70 who went out, these were baby Christians, new converts that Jesus sent out, just recently born again. And they returned saying, wow, Jesus, even the devils are subject to us in your name. He said, well, that's good, that's good. But what you should really be excited about is that your names are written in heaven. Of all the things you get happy about, that should be at the top of the list because this has to do with your eternity. When all of this is gone and all of humanity stands before God, 
Those who are not found in the book are going to be cast into the lake of fire with the devil and his demons and all the others who rejected him. It's real and it's coming. Jesus said of you, don't, don't believe I'm the one, you'll die in your sins. But if you do believe that I'm the one, you'll die in righteousness. And second, death has no power of you, over you. Sin has no more dominion, which means that death has no more dominion because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. Guys, this is right now. This is why it's so important to know that you are living righteous right now by your choice. God has allowed you to have Jesus's righteousness. Romans 14 and verse nine, for to this end Christ died and he rose and lived again that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. But why do you judge your brother? Why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in a brother's way. Now, this is a courtroom scene, a throne of judgment, the righteous, perfect judge sitting on the throne. And the individual in question is either accused or guilty, condemned or righteous, not both. Which one are you today? There is therefore, say it now, right now, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. None, no, not guilty, innocent. Get it settled. You are the main witness in this situation, and our testimony carries huge weight in this judgment. Back to Revelation 12. And we talked about last week on the podcast how that woman was taken, that one that was caught in the act of adultery, you remember, and they, they drag her out there, they pull her in front of Jesus, and he said, he who was without sin, let him cast the first stone. Now, they were convicted by their own conscience, and they went out one by one until it was just Jesus and the woman in question. And he looked at her and he said, woman, where are your accusers? Has no man condemned you? She said, nobody, Lord. Here she was thinking she's about to die two minutes ago. And boy, uh, things are really looking up now. Nobody's standing there accusing her. And now it's just Jesus standing there to make the final call on this. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. No, he didn't excuse it. She did it, but he said, just don't do it anymore. But I'm not condemning you, even though she did do it. So what does that mean? When the judge, knowing all the evidence, sure, you did it, you did it. But by the mercy of the court, I say not guilty, just go on and don't do it again. But I have made the right, I have made the right judgment to say, free to go. Now, who can say otherwise? Revelation 12 and verse 7, and a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. This is why the devil hates you so much. He lost his place. We have a place now in the kingdom of God, and he's jealous of it. Verse 9, so the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Listen to me. This is why it's so bad to judge people and accuse them because you're acting like who? Jesus? 
You have an adversary, the devil, and he is the accuser. And he does this against us all the time, day and night before God, he is accusing us. Now, he's not just slandering us or calling us a name. No, he's seeking judgment against us so that he can find access to us. We get to see the behind the scenes here when we looked into Job, the devil accusing Job to God. And he said, if he loses it all, he'll curse you to your face and he'll turn on you in a second. He's just in it for what you can do for him. But when it's all God, when it's all gone, Job is going to hate you and speak against you and he's gonna curse you. I mean, no wonder he serves you. You put a fence around all that he has, a hedge. The devil wants to get to him so bad, wants to hurt him, but he can't. He's making accusations like a prosecuting attorney would. He's bringing charges against Job like he does with us. He's seeking a judgment. And if you're found guilty, then he has every right to destroy and steal and kill. The devil hates you so bad that every day and night, he's trying to find a way to get you judged. Now we know he'll use people and demons that control these people. Ephesians 6 and verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You know, the past year and a half or so, I'm on the other side of it now, but I had to learn this scripture and learn it well. Those that came against this ministry and me personally with the lies of the devil, accusing me of this and that and the other, saying this and saying that, that I'd done this and I'd done that. I had to recognize it's the influence behind them. It's the devil. And they're always trying to accuse you and the testimonies that carry any weight at all in this case are the words that come out of your own mouth. If you get charged with something, whether guilty or not, you could have the best lawyer in the world, but if you want to take that stand and you want to cry and say, I'm guilty, I did it, I, I did it. If the judge is righteous, he or she has no choice. Guilty. You've blown it with your testimony. Revelation, uh, you know, you read the next verse, and they overcame, Revelation 12 and verse 11, and they overcame the accuser, the prosecuting attorney, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Does it make any difference what you're saying? Well, Proverbs 18, 21 seems to think so. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruit. What are you saying, friends? Oh, I'm such a poor excuse of a Christian. I'm such a failure. I blow it all the time. You know, there's people that think that that's humility. I'm just a sinner and saved by grace and I sin all the time. And what you're saying is, is I'm guilty. I'm guilty and I'm deserving of punishment. It's amazing to me that you cannot walk into a church and tell somebody, oh, I'm righteous. Oh, whoa, whoa, prideful much? Righteous? No, we are all sinners. Well, then you deserve to be judged, I guess. What is your testimony? Are you guilty or are you righteous? Are you condemned or are you free? You can't be both. What are you? What did the judge rule on the case? What did he say about it to you? As you have walked out of the courthouse and your daddy, the judge, said, not guilty, brought the gavel down, case dismissed, and here you are being questioned, what are you going to say? No, I, I, I'm guilty. The devil's provoking and prodding and bringing accusations against you, and he's doing his best to get you to admit your guilt and to turn then admit to deserving of judgment and punishments. So he can say, see, see, they're guilty. But know this, just as it is in a natural court of law, you don't just have an accuser. 
but you've been assigned an advocate. You ought to be really happy about that. I said, you've been given and assigned an advocate, one John in verse two, my, my, little, my little children, these things I write unto you so that you may not sin. What? Is sin a big deal? This is addressed to the church. This is not to the unsaved, but to the children of God. My little children, these things I write unto you so that you may not sin. Sin not, but, but if you do, but if you do, and if, if anybody sins, what? Well, don't just say I'm guilty. Remember that you have an advocate, a legal term, your defense attorney, and he's the best that's ever been. No, you couldn't afford him. He was appointed by the court to you. Never lost a case. Never lost a case. No, it says, but if you do, and the accuser comes before the judge, and the judge looks and says, get them my advocate. No, no, get the one that's never lost a case. But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. 1 John 2 and verse 2, and he himself is the propitiation. That means the payment for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the whole world. Oh, if they just knew it if they just knew it. No, see, somebody did have to pay for that sin because sin did happen. But if it does, he said, you have somebody that's going to have to pay. No, it's free to you, but somebody had to pay. Did somebody pay that price for you? Did, did someone say, no, no, I know there has to be an answer for the sin. They did do it, but Jesus stepped in and he said, not my will, but yours be done. And he was the payment. He said, I'll take the guilt. I'll pay the price for them. I'll serve the punishment of sin, which is death. I'll take it for them. 1 John 4, we have an advocate, and yes, there is an accuser. Listen, every time that something went bad in your life, and it looks like it's heading, uh, heading that way that the, the devil will come, and he's going to sit on your shoulder, and he's going to whisper in your ear, you know you deserve this. You know you have missed it over and over again. You have continually fallen short, and you do not deserve to be healthy. You deserve to be sick. The way that you live and the stuff that you've done, you don't deserve to be happy. With the lies that you've told and the mistakes that you have made, no way. You made your bed and you're going to have to lie in it. He's the accuser. And he will accuse you to God and God to you and you to me and me to you. He's trying to get you to break under the pressure and agree with him that you are deserving of punishment. He wants you to change your testimony. He wants you to agree that he's right about you that you are a failure, that you're guilty, no blessing, deserving of the curses, but you have an advocate that even when you have done it, he steps in and he says, hey, shut up, not another word. I see the pile of evidence against you. I have you on video breaking the law, but the advocate will come in and he's gonna tell you, it's all right, I got this. It's my specialty. When you go to court, they're gonna coach you into what it is that you say and not say, right? So he says, here's the script, read the Bible. Do not say anything else other than what I told you to say. And I want you to say this. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 and verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8 and verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I don't care what the accuser says. Now he's going to come in and he's going to come in hard. He's going to call in a false witness. He's going to make a loud and a big show and do a lot of stuff. Stay cool. Don't let him rattle you. And don't say anything but what I've said for you to say. Did the judge tell you that you are guilty, that you should be punished? Or were you standing there naked on the street, found guilty, and you did it with a bunch coming against you, ready to enact punishment upon you? 
and hand you a death sentence and yelling out the accusations and they deserve to be punished and all of a sudden an advocate walks up and stood before you and those accusers and he says, be quiet, let me handle this. And all of a sudden, before you know it, where are your accusers? No, I know that they knew you did it, but you have an advocate. And I'm asking, do you have any accusers? No, Lord. So that's your testimony. No, well, I don't, I don't accuse you either. Go and be free. Be free. That's the report. That's the testimony. Yes, sir, I am free. I am innocent of all charges. No, run the video. I have proof of it. And it runs. And what does it show? It shows the blood of Jesus. What happened? It's been erased. The video of your life has been erased by the blood. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Romans 3 and verse 24, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. Psalm 34, 17, the righteous cry out and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The presence of troubles does not mean the absence of righteousness. The Lord will deliver the righteous. Those whom are in right standing with God and find themselves in troubles, he will deliver you out of those troubles. Troubles are not the disqualification of right standing with the Father. So say it with me today on this podcast, I am innocent. Come on, say it again. Say, I am innocent. Say it, say, not guilty. Listen, how do you plead today? Not guilty. Why? Because Jesus is no longer guilty, right? And you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It was his and now Luke 15, 22, but the father said to the servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. We know this to be the prodigal son. No, this boy had done it. He was guilty. We know the story. He squandered it all. He was filthy. And yet his right standing with the father allowed him to be covered with a robe so that the world could not see the effects of sin on his life. The boy tried to confess his sin. He tried to say, I'm guilty, Father, and I need to just be a servant. And the father cut him off and he said, quiet, boy, you listen to me. The father made the choice to give him his robe. That was the father's robe, so that all could see the right standing of the father upon the boy. Zechariah 3 and verse 4, then he, he answered and he spoke to those who stood before him saying, take away the filthy garments from him. And to him, he said, see, I have removed your iniquity from you and I will clothe you with rich robes. Not guilty. Your advocate ever lives to make intercession for you. Your honor, father, they've accused my brother, your son or your daughter. They've testified that they are unrighteous, that they're deserving of punishments, that they're deserving of judgment. So I submit for the court's consideration, Exhibit A, my blood on the mercy seat. No, Your Honor, mercy, I, I know they did it wrong. They did it all wrong, and they walked according to their own ways. No, I, I know that they just totally messed it up, and they didn't do what you asked them to do, and they did some things you told them not to do. But I submit today, mercy, mercy seat, my blood on that seat. I would like to submit that to the court today. 
Well, the blood testifies, it speaks. And I hear it saying, innocent. Colossians 2 and verse 14. Having canceled and blotted out and wiped away the handwriting of the note, the bond with its legal decrees and demands, which was in force and stood against us, hostile to us. This note with its regulations, its decrees and demands, he set aside and he cleared completely out of our way by nailing it to his cross where he bled all over that accusation and you can't read it anymore. No, no, what did that document say? It said guilty. But it was nailed to the cross. And our advocate, he did what? He bled all over that document. When the accuser went to read it to the court, he couldn't see it. He couldn't see it. Well, well, but it, it said, it said, no, it's been washed by the blood. They are innocent, and the court has accepted that. Why? Because you've been made it. Made it. You didn't earn it. You were made it. make something it's right you have been made the righteousness of god in christ jesus that's all the time i have for today thank you for joining me on the new old school podcast i'm your host don allen and until next time i am not guilty and because of that i will continue to attempt the ridiculous and i will achieve the miraculous Oh, <laughs>